Blog Talk Radio. about in the next 90 minutes we're all the professional wrestling a little later on the show we're gonna make an attempt (laughs) we got joey legend scheduled to be on the show we got he's actually in europe so we're going to attempt to call him in never made a uh call to europe on the show so we're going to attempt to call him in uh probably around 6 30 or so so hopefully that'll work if not more time for the callers 347-838-9815 so it's a win-win tonight it is a win-win. Either we have Joey Legend on, or we got more time for callers and talking wrestling. Go over to Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. There we have uh, everything you know going on with the show. Uh, polls, opinions, conversations. Even last night, during Monday Night Raw, each and every week, we have a, a show chat going on during Monday Night Raw. We had one on Sunday during Extreme Rules. And uh, right now, we got a show chat going on uh over there, if you're on the Facebook, you know, go invite a friend. We've been holding steady right now around 276, so I'd love to push that number up closer to the 300 mark. So, you know, go out, tell your friends to come on over and like The Ken Reedy Show on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter, at The Ken Reedy Show. And, of course, the website, thekenreedyshow.com. we got blogs, we got information, so everything you want to know about The Ken Reedy Show over there. On the KenReedyShow.com. Uh, and one of the things we have up there on the sh- on the website is we have a really big event coming up at the end of this month. And it's rapidly approaching uh, a week from Friday, May 31st. Uh, we're happy to be sponsoring Tap Out Cancer. Uh, it's an event that we're going to be raising money for the Rockland County Relay for Life that uh, benefits the American Cancer Society. Uh, it's a cause that's near and dear to my heart, and uh, you know I'm sure everyone knows someone, some family that's been affected by cancer, and we're doing our best to uh, raise some funds, but it's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a happy night. Uh, you know, it's going to be a, a cool night to be a wrestling fan, because you're going to get to go out to a bar, and you know, it's going to be kid-friendly. So, and much it's kind of a, a little pub, but I talked to the owner and said, you know, if you want to bring your kids for, for a little bit, that's that's totally cool. So... 8 o'clock, 8 to 12, at the Peppermill South. That is the Peppermill South in Congers, New York. 
we're going to have SmackDown up on the TV show. So you can come on down, watch SmackDown. 20% of all food and drink will go to the American Cancer Society. As well as we have a bunch of stuff we're raffling off. 100% of proceeds from the raffles will go to the American Cancer Society. And come 11 o'clock, we're going to turn on Wrestling on Fire. And we're going to watch that from 11 to 12. So we've got three hours of wrestling to watch on the TV, as well as raffles and just just wrestling fans hanging out, talking wrestling. It's going to be a fun night. So check that out, May 31st. Information is on thekenryshow.com. And just to let you guys know, we're still waiting on some other merchandise from other people that have agreed to donate. But uh, as of right now, what some of the things I have in my hands ready to go for the raffle uh, Lucky 13, ironically enough, donated 13 uh, different autograph pictures, and uh, there's some repeats in this group. So I think we're going we're gonna to raffle off some combos. So if you win a raffle, you're not just going to get one autograph picture, but you'll get a couple. Uh, assorted autograph pictures of the beautiful people, Brooke Tessmacher, uh, Robbie E., amongst others. Jordan Thomas was nice enough to donate uh Pictures autographed by former TNA knockout Chelsea. Uh, a guest, former guest of the show, Leva Bates, uh, donated an autographed picture, as well as an autographed picture of head shrinker Samu. And good friend of the show, someone who's helped us out, a uh, really good guy. And uh, he's got a booking that night, but he said he's going to stop by. He's going to come by later on, so we'll catch him later on in the evening. But you may know him as Little Guido. You may know him as Nunzio. Uh, but he has donated an in-the-package, still in-the-package, Ruthless Aggression Nunzio action figure that he signed for us, and that will also be raffled off. And we're still in the process of accumulating some other merchandise, other memorabilia for this event. So it's going to be a fun night to be a wrestling fan. It's all going to a good cause. That is May 31st. And remember, uh, this coming Memorial Day week, we're taking the weekend off, so... Hope you all having a, a good time this weekend. Have some fun. If you're really jonesing, you always check out some archived shows, KenReedyShow.com or blogtalkradio.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Uh, looking forward to this Memorial Day weekend. As always, my tag team partner's on the line. Dave, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well until I just watched my local news and apparently um you know, reminiscent of uh, Oklahoma, you know, folks out in Oklahoma who had suffered that devastating tornado. A southern part of my state here in Connecticut is uh, uh, going through a small tornado, and we're expecting a lot of uh, thunder and lightning and possibly some power outages. So hopefully I'll be here for the entire show, and the storm could wait till after I'm done at 7.30. But other than that, I'm doing great. Yeah, it's a, you know, and, and be safe, Eric. That you know, even a small tornado can can cause some some devastation. And you know, thoughts out to everyone in Oklahoma. Just a tragic uh, event. You know, nature just brutal. So uh, our our thoughts go out to Oklahoma. Um, interesting, Dave. Though we we have a, a an entire weekend off. You know, we don't we don't have a weekend off that often. Uh, what do you got going on this Memorial Day? Um, I don't really have any definite set plans at the moment. I know um, on Saturday I'm supposed to be going to a, uh, a stag party for a, uh, a friend of mine who's getting married in about a month. And uh, at some point I'll probably, you know, 
either myself or I'll be going somewhere, but I'll be partaking in some Memorial Day festivities, either a barbecue or, you know, a cookout or maybe I'll go swimming somewhere. So I'll be involved somehow and be outside um, with with the, uh, the, the, the nice weather, enjoying the nice weather and uh, kicking off the summer. Yeah, I can't wait. This is like one of my favorite weekends uh, of the uh, the summer. And every year I have a group of friends. We all go down to uh, Jenks on Friday. Uh, WPLJ, uh, radio station here in New York. And uh, I don't know, I think they're syndicated. It's Scott and Todd in the morning. Every year they do a kickoff the summer party at Jenks and, uh, on Friday morning. So it's, uh, it's kind of a little surreal because we, we crack open our first beer at about seven o'clock or so in the morning and the whole thing kind of ends at 10 in the morning so it's a it's a weird kind of morning that uh, while most people are kind of getting their work day going I'm, I'm going to be pretty bombed but look forward to kicking off the summer friday morning and then uh just having a fun weekend looking forward to finally getting out of the, the cold doldrums of uh the winter the fall and winter that we've had and looking forward to uh Memorial Day weekend. You know, someday I was thinking about this Memorial Day weekend, and I and I know that people had plans, and you know, case in point, we canceled the show. But you know, we've had in the past like like pay per views entitled like the Great American Bash, and you know, would would it be beneficial if if marketed the right way? Uh, you know, maybe a marquee match or something. Having a special pay per view on Memorial Day weekend on Memorial Day Sunday, thinking that hey, everyone has off on that Monday, and maybe people will be inclined on a Sunday night to uh, hang out and watch some wrestling. I was just thinking in my head, hey, you know, the Great American Bash, just the name kind of loans itself to being part of Memorial Day weekend. If they market it the right way, I mean, I don't know. I think they would be kind of cool if they did something on Memorial Weekend Sunday. Yeah, I think so, too. I, you know, it's funny you mention that because I think, and I'm not 100% sure, one of, one of my callers, one of our callers will probably correct me, but um, I believe that at one point when the Great American Bash concept first began, um, they uh, they ran the tours um, in the summertime, not necessarily on Memorial Day, but like in the Fourth of July time frame, um, in in the surrounding days around that, and maybe even on the Fourth of July itself. So that was when they used to do the tour before they actually turned it into pay per view. So. Um, it's kind of been done before since where they run a wrestling show on a a national holiday or around the time frame of a national holiday, so to speak. So, but I think a lot of people, you know, at least in the wrestling industry, feel that you know you have a holiday that's on a on a on a you know on a, on a Monday running a pay per view. A lot of people aren't around; they go away. Uh, you know, but it, it's possible it could happen. I mean, they've 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 done you know a lot worse. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of just, uh, and again, you know, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here because we decided to take uh, the show off on Sunday. But I think it would be kind of neat if they they did something on a Memorial Day Sunday. Who knows? Maybe someday. Hey, talk about it on the show chat. I'd be curious to see what our listeners think as far as if they ever did a a Memorial Day pay-per-view that, that you know, would you, would you watch it or you're just hell-bent on being away and you're kind of, away from wrestling. I'd just be curious to know what you guys would think. So go to Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Jump on the show chat. Let us know what you think. Uh, would you tune in to a pay-per-view on Memorial Day Sunday? we got a lot to talk about tonight. Again, Joey Legend scheduled to be on the show 
about 6.30. Uh, Extreme Rules, Monday Night Raw, lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, before we get into specifics, and we talked about the show. We had our pregame show on Sunday for Extreme Rules, and there was a lot of optimism. A lot of optimism going into Extreme Rules, uh, expecting to be a solid pay-per-view. Matches looked good on paper. Um, before we get into specifics, Dave, as a whole, as a night of entertainment, as a as a pay-per-view in and of itself, not specific uh, parts of the pay-per-view, what did you think? What was your feel coming out of Extreme Rules? It was a solid show. I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible, but um, the matches were pretty solid. Um, I know that you and I discussed in our pre-show meeting about the Sheamus-Mark Henry match. Um, that match not being... I mean, you, you you deemed it as awful. I wouldn't say it was awful, but it didn't live up to the expectations considering, you know, the brutality of the buildup between those two with the strap. It, it, it turned into more of a, a tug-of-war dragging contest um, between the two. Other than that, I mean, I was, you know, both of us talked about on Sunday's show, the Big Show-Randy Orton match had, you know, no... I would say proper buildup, but it was just kind of off. Nobody it didn't. Nobody really seemed to care about the match, and it was actually a pretty fun match. Um, and we could discuss the other matches later, but uh, I mean, overall, I thought it was a pretty solid show. I did feel that some of the matches were rushed. Um, I mean, I remember at one point looking at my looking at my phone on the clock, and it was 9:45, and we had the last two matches on the pay per view. So I figured, okay, well, each match is going to get 25 to 30 minutes. Um, and that's when I really felt like some of the matches were rushed, especially Jericho, Fandango, and uh, Kofi Ambrose was good for what it was, but it could have gone a little longer. I bet you they probably could have told the story a little better, but it was still a good match. Um, but overall, like I said, solid show. Nothing great, nothing terrible. Um, as we've deemed it, it it's probably, you could probably say it was a, a safe show in terms of uh, booking goes. Dave, Dave, do you want to quit? Do you want to quit? Dave, you want to quit? <laughs> you want to quit? Dave, you want to quit? You want to quit? Well, oh, we he said no. He said want. no. He said no. Do you want to quit, Dave? That drove me up a wall. That drove me at, like, getting into specifics. And I found, I couldn't even tell you at this point whether that was a good match or not. I found that so distracting from the get-go. And I get it. I understand. It's an I quit match. And you got to ask. But it's also sports entertainment, and it's scripted. You didn't have to ask that often. I found that very distracting, especially for two guys, very gifted physically, can give you a solid match. I thought they overdid the aspect of, of do you quit? Uh, I just found it incredibly distracting over the course of the match. Again, not a horrible match in and of itself. I, I just found the the I quit requests or the do you quit uh, requests uh, quite distracting. The one thing, I, you know, and I get it, and it was talked about on, on we had a pay-per-view thread on the Facebook page. Um, you know, and Dave, you brought it up that, uh, you know, they're kind of poking fun at the Major League Baseball instant replay and getting it wrong and that whole thing. Um, I, I get that, and I'm curious your thoughts. Personally, I, I just I didn't like it. I, I kind of liked the idea if Swagger won in that fashion. I thought that was such a, a clever way to steal a victory. Zeb runs over, throws a towel in, and runs away. I thought it was awesome. 
Uh, I, I, I would have kind of left it with, and we talked about it in the pregame, that we thought Swagger needed the victory, you know, more than Del Rio. I, you know, I, I kind of would have, that would have been a great way to win. I wasn't crazy about the instant replay angle. Your thoughts on that? I, I, I totally agree with you. I liked the idea of how they did it. Um, and, and if they ran with that instead of going with the instant replay, replay rule, it wouldn't have hurt Del Rio because he was cheated out and Swagger, you know, gets a title shot. And it would have made sense in terms of, you know, him being the one taking out Ziggler with the concussion and they got already a built-in feud for their world title match, whatever that's going to be, whenever Ziggler decides to return, or whenever he's cleared to return, I should say. Um, the, the, the I quick concept um, – when when the referee just kept asking them, you know, if they quit, like every couple of minutes, not even every couple of minutes, like every couple of seconds after after every move that was performed. Uh, yeah, I could see where you could say it was distracting. I, to be honest with you, like I wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention to that match. I was eating during that point, and uh, <laughs> but well, I was in a Hooters. I mean, I was, there was other things to distract me too, like our waitress. I'll get to that, you know, wait, another time. Wait, wait, there's wrestling on. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I, I should be watching. I'll tell you a story about that later. Maybe maybe off the air. It's it's not very really PG, but uh, anyhow, the um, god damn, I just lost my train of thought because of a freaking hoodoo. All right, it just felt like it was like when I would look up. Like every time I looked up after I had buried my face in some chicken wings, I I noticed it's like they kept asking them if they say I quit. It was like you start the match, you stop the match, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. It was like. It, I, I just I can understand where you're coming from, and I totally agree. I can't even remember how good the match was, to be honest with you. Um, I will I will say this: the instant replay thing. It's not it, to me like I'm I, I'm a mixed bag with it. I thought it was a pretty creative thing to do in terms of you know a finish for a match in, in a way because it hasn't been done before. I would say it hasn't been done before. A lot of times referees will go look back at the Titantron. I remember a match with Miz and Randy Orton once where the referee looked at the Titantron and saw the replay and he restarted the match. Um, but there's no consistency when it comes to stuff like that. We have seen multiple times in wrestling in you know the 30, 40-plus years or however long we've all been watching this that the instant replay, you know, rule doesn't really work too well. There's no consistency because a referee will get knocked out. Somebody will come and take the other guy out. The guy gets the cover. He wins. But a referee doesn't show up. But then when it's convenient, another referee will just slide in and say, whoa, whoa wait a minute, this guy interfered. He jumped in. you got to go take a look at the replay. You know what I mean? There's no consistency with it. If they're going to use the instant replay rule, if they're going to do that, then they got to be consistent with the instant replay rule and use it a lot more often. From what I heard yesterday after the pay-per-view, there is talk of actually doing an instant replay storyline angle and making it more consistent on television, almost having some semblance of, rules and regulations with it um, for for future matches and storylines in the WWE. Um, I wasn't really too – I mean, it was okay. I wasn't, like, jumping out of my seat like, oh, my God. I You know, it's a mixed bag for me. But, like I said, um, the I Quit match didn't really go over too well for me. A lot of start and stop and asking them that I quit a bunch of times. So I really can't tell you how solid the match was. Plus, I was distracted, so. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, and, and I guess we'll see how they go going forward. And I've hated it every time they've used it. Because it, it it's one of those things that is so, when it comes to wrestling, so incredibly 
inconsistent with the storytelling. To me, like any time you go and use a replay to to restart a match or to to, to reverse a decision, it, to me it's always always a hundred percent it's asinine because it's professional wrestling. Unless you're going to do it each and every time, which you're not, because it's pro wrestling. Like the heels have to cheat. They have to cheat to win. That's just well, that comes from heels. And here's if, another point too. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but here's another point too. Our our I quit matches, no disqualification matches where there are no rules. So would it did it, did it even matter that, that that Coulter and Swagger cheated? Agreed. I mean that, that makes yeah. sense. It's, I guess it's just the whole idea that he didn't technically quit, but it's yeah. I mean it's just it's it's dumb to me. I, I mean, you know, are you going to do that every time? I mean, every time. So now if someone you know, I don't know if, if there's a, the 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 Bellas sneak in and out. Like, we're going to go to instant replay and say, oh, look, they snuck in and out. I mean, every time we see a heel cheat, every time, a, you know, a, a baby face is hanging over the middle rope and the heel tag team partner walks over and clocks him and then his partner gets the pin, are we going to go to the instant replay every time that happens? I mean, it just – see, to me, it's like you don't use it because if you're going to use it, you have to use it all the time. If you're going to be consistent in your storytelling, there's no reason, again, pretext that this is this is real life. And that's what pro wrestling is supposed to be. It's supposed to be telling a story, but they're, they're telling a story in a way that that's supposed to be actually happening. The heels are actually supposed to be bad guys. You know, that's the point. How can you do it once and not do it again? It just, it, it never made any sense to me. Anytime they went to uh, a TV screen or the Titan Tron, uh, you know, I would I would think that like if if you set a precedent, then every time you have something like that, the the face would be asking for an instant replay. I mean, that would be the the whole point of it. So it, to me, it was just it was silly, and it uh one of those things that you know. And there's there's talk of like you know creative and a lot of creative being from TV and not wrestling people. And I I don't know everyone in creative and their background. You hear the rumblings. I don't know. Uh, but this it, it kind of screams of something that you know is a TV thing as opposed to a wrestling thing. This this screams of something that ooh something happened in the mainstream. Let's poke fun at it and not thinking well consistency in storytelling. Using an instant replay in a wrestling match is just I, I, I don't know. It, it, to me, it just really didn't work. And again, it was one of those things that maybe in a lesser match, maybe with a lesser two competitors. But th- this sort of match with the, with the multiple I quits, uh, the 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 instant replay. You had two guys that could go. You had two guys that could give you a four star match. You didn't need all of that. So like the starting and stopping, never, you never got the the sense these guys were able to get going. And the instant replay was just a a weird kind of ending. And I think Dave, you know, it's wrestling. So I mean, you want you want to make Del Rio, you got to get Del Rio involved. You wanted him to have the spot. You know, I mean, you could have easily when had Swagger win, uh, you know, have him set up to, to face Ziggler. And it doesn't have to be at a pay-per-view. It could be on SmackDown whenever Ziggler or Raw, whenever Ziggler is cleared. And what the hell? You have uh, Del Rio run down and, and clock Ziggler in the middle of the match. Jack Swagger gets disqualified. He's pissed. Ziggler's pissed that he got popped in the face. All of a sudden, you, you set up a triple threat something or other again. So if you want to go back to doing the, 
triple threat ladder match for SummerSlam, you got an easy setup to, to move in that direction. These guys still all have bad blood between them. So it, to me, it would make more sense for Swagger to win because you could still figure out a way to work Del Rio back into the mix if the end game is, is a triple threat match at SummerSlam. So I, you know, again, it was just kind of weird the way they booked the match. I wasn't crazy about it. You brought up, Dave, the, the strap match. And we were talking in our pre-show meeting, and one of the things that this reminded me a lot of uh, is, and I think they were a victim, they were a victim of their own success, I guess. Uh, I enjoyed, and you know, to the point where Mark Henry actually got a nod of approval. You know, the the fact that I thought the setup for this match was well done. Uh, the the beatdown, the absolute beatdown that Mark Henry gave to Sheamus uh, with the belt, uh, the physicality leading up to this match, the match itself just didn't deliver on what was promised. And maybe it was because they were just too good with the setup and to give them credit for that. And it reminded me a little bit of WrestleMania 25, Randy Orton versus Triple H, when Randy's heel work was spot on. In fact, you go back and watch some of that stuff. Randy's heel work going into WrestleMania 25, some of the best, and no joke, some of the best heel work you'll ever see. Tremendous stuff leading into that match. Match didn't deliver on the, the hatred and the heat that, that was built going into that match. Uh, this kind of kind of hit me a little bit of that. I just didn't think the match delivered. It was entertaining at times. But the brutality that you had grown to expect from these two over the past few weeks, I, I thought the match was, was lacking. Your thoughts on the strap match? I thought that there was, we were going to see a lot more of them beating the crap out of each other with the strap. Like I said earlier, it was more of a tug of war, drag the guy to the corner kind of contest. Um, I don't mind the four cor- touching the four-corner concept, but uh, it was a short match, too. I think they could have done a lot more with the two of them. Um, but, uh, you know, Sheamus needed to get his revenge for that massive beatdown he received a few weeks prior, and, you know, that was the purpose of, of having this match. Um, you know, there was there were some creative ways and entertaining moments at times when he had the strap, like when he was when he was running the apron and touching all four corners or tried to touch all four corners on the outside of the apron. I thought that was pretty clever because we hadn't seen anything like that before. Normally it's inside the ring, but he actually managed to go outside the ring on the apron and touch the corners and attempt to touch all four. I thought that was pretty cool. I think it could have used a little more time. Um, like I said, some of the early matches were rushed. Uh, but I wasn't really too thrilled with it, and, you know, going into it. I was excited about it because he beat the crap out of him, you know. Mark Henry beat the crap out of Sheamus, and, you know, Sheamus' pasty white white skin helped, you know, sell that, you know, the the, the build with the, the, the strap marks on his back. But it, it, it was kind of a letdown at the end. Um, but I think um, going forward with the two of them, now we're going to see um, – you know, from what I hear, there's rumors that Mark Henry might turn babyface, but I also heard that he tweaked his shoulder a little bit. No, no injury or no uh, status on what kind of injury that could possibly be, or if it's just a you know pulled muscle. But um, it seems like these two are going to go their separate ways now, and uh, Mark Henry might possibly turn babyface at some point when he returns. As far as Sheamus, I don't know where he goes from this, but um, it, it it was it just was one of those matches. I think it, I think. Their thinking going into the match was, well, we've got to get these two on the cards, so let's put them together, um, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do with them later. 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting right now that you have guys like Sheamus and Randy Orton not involved in uh, any sort of title picture uh, at the moment. So, you know, who knows where they, they're going to insert Sheamus. Uh, again, you know, when you when you run a program, you hope, best-case scenario, that there's a crescendo with the storytelling. And uh, like you're saying, it looks like they're going to be separating these two, that this essentially at Extreme Rules was the blow-off match. Uh, you kind of hope that, like, that's the, the high point of, of the rivalry and uh, you kind of settle the score at that moment. And I guess, that, you know, Sheamus definitely settled the score, uh, but it, it just it didn't live up to the brutality uh, going in. So, you know, it's some of the stuff that we we're critical about. Uh, some of the good stuff, I mean, we're seeing now, I thought uh, the, the tag championship match is pretty good. Uh, I thought the U.S. championship match is pretty good. And uh, uh, if there was any doubt beforehand... Um, you know, there shouldn't be much doubt now. The WWE is very high on the shield. Uh, these guys look like they're going to have a, a major, maybe major players in the future of this company and this business. Uh, solid matches. The Shield walking out with three titles. Um, I thought those matches were good at Extreme Rules. I thought they were good too. Like I said, it, it felt a little rushed. Um, the tornado match wasn't bad. Um, the guys were all over the place. At times, it seemed like during that match that I wouldn't say they didn't know what to do, but they, they, they were lost a little bit because all four guys were in the ring. But it was a fun little match. Um, Kofi Ambrose, I thought, was short, but it was still good for the time it, it had. Um, all three guys got gold. You know, no shock there as far as predictions go. Um, and they are going to be major players um, moving forward um, in the WWE, and hopefully they can bring some meaning and prestige back to those championships and defend them and, you know, make them mean something. Uh, so it was a good night for the Shield. Definitely. And, you know, we're we're going to make an attempt now. See, you're, you're all of you listening out there, you're on board for a, a first. We're going to try and make a call to Europe at this time. Uh, Joey Legend actually asked if we could try and give him a call because uh, it would be tough for him to call in. So we're going to – we have his number. We're going to make the call, and let's see if this works. So if, if it's working, you'll hear ringing. Here we go. The number you have dialed has not been recognized. Please well, try again. <laughs> hey, yeah. So the call – the phone number says – I don't know, some – uh, operator type person came on and said this, that call that phone is not recognized. I don't know what the deal is, and it might be through Skype, which is what the show is through, that I cannot make an international call. So uh, producer Michelle is out there, and she's listening. So if you can shoot uh, Joey Legend an email and say the call is not going through. If he's able to call in, that's cool. If not, we will definitely reschedule him. Uh, you know, just get in line. <laughs> yes. We're rescheduling these days. So, uh, all right, we, we may we'll try again a little later, but as of now, that call is not going through, so our producer will get in touch with Joey at this time. Right, at this point, we got we got Raw last night, got a lot of stuff going on Raw, Extreme Rules. Let's go out to the phones and talk to some of our fans. We got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Hell yeah. <laughs> How you doing, brother? Good, man. Well, at least uh, you know, hear you, so you're on the line. I'm very happy about this because... We had other phone issues. Uh, you know, technology's supposed to make my life easier. What do you got for <laughs> Just quit. I quit. You quit. Everybody quit. <laughs> Just, oh, my God. Uh, well, as far as, yeah, extreme rules, I, I mean, I, 
Oh man, you beat you beat me to the punch with that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was a good match despite the do you want to quit? Like as soon as the guy got thrown out of the ring, it was just like, come on, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, you know, but, but I I thought I thought it was a good match, but you know, the, the whole the the replay thing did they need to do that? I mean, they got a freaking jumbotron over there. They you know that the show that they always show replays on. It's like they don't need a little TV for. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, oh man, yeah, and even the rest of the show, too, you know, like Seamus and Mark Henry. I yeah, I saw that, and it was just you know, it's like I saw that this, you know, like even they had the stupid lights. So I was like, oh, yeah. they got this, they got the Eddie Guerrero JBL lights. Yeah, and then um, you know, and the, the finish was oh my god, it it was too short a match, and it was you know, it was like really weak. It was just like freaking, you know, like Seamus had touched like three corners, and then. When Mark Henry, you know, whatever, you know, it's like when he when he caught him in the air or whatever, you know, it's like shouldn't that have just like waved, waved, you know, like waved off the other three? And it's like, Seamus, you know, but now he touches the fourth corner and he wins. I was like, are you kidding me? What is this? That's an that, a, a, that is, you know, Tony. That is an excellent point because I thought the same thing. You know, I had forgotten about that, but you know, watching that match and 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 by the way, and I, you know, I don't want to get totally into it, but I, I, I do think that for whatever reason, the commentating lately has taken a a, a dip in quality. Uh, uh, can we say um, it, it hasn't been that good? But during that match, I, that was that was the problem I had with that finish. The announcers, the commentators, made it a point to drill into our head that as soon as momentum is stopped, it's reset. And they kept pointing it out. Momentum stopped. See, now he's got to start over. And, yeah, that finish, I was like, well, that whole match, they were telling us, well, something like that happens, you got to start over. And then, for whatever reason, at that moment, they just they let it kind of go. So it was, I agree with you. I thought the finish was kind of odd. And, again, if they were going to go with that finish, someone should have gotten the ear of the commentators and said, you know, don't. Don't oversell the momentum thing. Maybe say it once in the beginning of the match and just kind of let it go. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, they don't know what, you know, like, a lot of times they don't know what goes on in the company. I mean, I, I, mean, I think I heard on the pre-show that, you know, like, I didn't watch the pre-show, obviously, but I, but, I mean, I had heard that, like, someone, uh, whether it was Michael Cole or whatever, they had mentioned that, I think, Kofi Kingston had beaten Sheamus by one Extreme Rules in a tables match. And then Michael Cole says, oh, Sheamus is undefeated at Extreme Rules. Yeah, it's just, it's just been it's just been bad. Even like the one thing that I noticed was, uh, I think JBL corrected him, but Michael Cole going through the recap of uh, Triple H Brock Lesnar, and you see Triple H grabbing the hammer, uh, the sledgehammer, and, and Michael Cole says, and that's why they call him the Cerebral Assassin. Like he got beat with the sledgehammer. That makes Triple H an idiot. That, <laughs> that makes him anything but the Cerebral Assassin. He got beat with the foreign object he introduced into the match. So let's not, like, it was just kind of, wait, what? It was like, almost like Michael Cole was just like, I got to get that in at some point and just didn't think about the finish and thought, hey, I'm just going to throw this in. So, yeah, man, I, I just, I, I haven't been digging the, the commentating as of late. I thought it kind of took an upswing initially when JBL kind of jumped on board, but lately I've, I've found it a a bit distracting, if you will. What else you got for us? The Extreme Rules, Raw, what are your thoughts on the two nights? Uh, well, I just, I, the cage match I thought was by far the best ma- the best match on the show. I mean, you know, despite having the camouflage sledgehammer at the top of the cage there. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, you know, I mean, I think you know, I, I think they made the right call having Lesnar win. Um, you know, even like Cena, Cena right back. Actually, you know, like I, I thought that was a really good match. The finish though was like really, I, it was like even that's like, you know, like right back was up. You know, like yeah, he was up on his feet, he was being helped up on his uh, whatever, and Cena was being put on the freaking stretcher. It was like really, it, 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 like the finish didn't really make sense. Then the, on the post show, freaking Cena gets off the stretcher. It was just like they, it's like they totally blew it. You know, it's like it was a really good match, and then it's like they they. I have seen it just like you know pop up like uh, you know okay <laughs> nothing happened. Yeah, I mean it was kind of weird. Uh, I mean it, it, you know Cena getting off the the stretcher didn't bother me as much, but I understand it. I mean to me it was just like he's trying to gut it out. Um, I, I do think the camera work maybe uh, maybe hurt them, and you know I don't know what goes into creatively and and the shots and who decides uh, what camera is going to go when. I, I agree. I think if you're going to have that sort of finish, and the finish didn't bother me, and Dave hit on this in the pre-show, uh, that it would be a, a double count out. And uh, I didn't think that would happen because I thought that match would be the main event. Um, but Dave hit the nail on the head. They they make that the second to last match, and they have a, a double uh, 10 count. I, I just think camera work-wise, they should have cut away before Ryback got up. Uh, just would have helped sell that finish a little bit better. Um, you know, Ryback, I mean, essentially he was helped to his feet. So technically when they stopped the match, they stopped the match, and both guys are, you know, didn't answer the 10 count. But uh, it, it is kind of weird that you have both guys. I mean, you have Cena who fights his way off the stretcher afterwards. So if you want to say that that hurt the finish, uh, okay, I, I can see it. Again, didn't bother me too much, but I can see where you're coming from. But then the next night on on Raw, Ryback shows up, and Ryback is showing no effects. I mean, he could have even had maybe a little bit of limp, maybe even grab his shoulder at some point and say, ouch, you know, as he's loosening up his shoulder, something. But Ryback doesn't really give you anything. So I agree with you. I think it was a very entertaining match. I would give that match actually the slight edge as far as entertainment value. I kind of thought that was the match of the night. But, um, yeah, it was weird that, like, both guys, I think, as brutal as the finish was, both guys, after the fact, is like, yeah, okay, it, it, it may hurt, but we're, we're good now. So it was kind of weird. But uh, I did think it was a very entertaining match, and it, it gave us a brutality. And as much as we didn't get any blood for Extreme Rules, I thought it uh, it kind of delivered on the moniker of Extreme Rules, Tony. I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought it did, too. Even, like you said, the tag match was good, um, was good too. I actually like to finish in, uh, in that one, you know, where uh, was Roman Reigns had uh, – Daniel Bryan up on his shoulders and then Seth Rollins gave him over the like, knee or whatever. I, th- I thought that was a pretty cool, fi- cool finish. I would agree with you. I thought it was. I thought it was good. And again, you know, we're looking at the future of the business right now. We look at the Shield and uh, you know them winning the the gold. Uh, you know, I guess at this point, you know, we keep getting hints of perhaps someone else joining the Shield, but I don't think that's going to happen. But it's cool and hopefully, I mean, the biggest hope I think for wrestling fans is. They're booked now the right way. I mean, we can debate for hours on what they've done with uh, the secondary titles and hoping that, you know, when you look at these guys winning the titles, you're, you know, with Dean Ambrose, you're hoping that Dean Ambrose elevates the title, that the title doesn't bring down Ambrose. Um, and that's what you kind of hope for now. I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic, but again, the past few years, you know, you can't be anything but cautiously optimistic with these titles because, they have, if, if at best they've been inconsistent with these belts. 
Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I mean, yeah, hopefully, the, you know, it's like the, the belts won't bring them down. You know, they won't be like, okay, they got the belts now, let's just, you know, kind of neutralize the characters because I don't know, WWE has a bad habit of doing that. Agreed. Before uh, I let you go, Tony, I'm just curious as far as the, you know, your thoughts on the, the repackaging of Michael McGillicuddy. Uh, not getting into the finish of Raw and, and whether you like that or not. I'm I'm just curious the just the purely the repackaging of McGillicuddy into Curtis Axel. What are your thoughts? I actually think it's pretty good. I mean, I, I you know when he came, I actually wasn't expecting it to be him because that guy hasn't been that guy hasn't been on it forever. You know, so it was like when he came out, I was just like, <laughs> I, I was just like. Wow, I didn't see this coming. So you know, it was. It was I, I actually thought the introduction of, of the new, new character was 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 pretty good. Actually, I I thought that you know Heyman did a good job of putting him over and you know using, if you know the name I'm okay with. You know, it's like you know just using a mix of you know his, his dad's name, his grandfather's uh, wrestling name. You know, wrestling name. Uh, I think you know, they all hopefully hopefully they'll they'll actually start pushing the guy now. You know now that he you know now that he's got Heyman as a you know as a, as a mouthpiece as a, you know as a, as a manager I know I hope that they uh, you know use him better you know I mean I know they had him against Triple H last night and they they didn't really focus on him too much I mean we really would I still think we really could have gotten the character over like you see you know, like Triple H was out there all like you know woozy and whatever and then he he just goes out and he just he just starts beating on him and and then you end the show with with like the referees you know referees pull, like pulling him off. The finish is just odd to me, but yeah, I get you. But that's cool that you're you're on board and you kind of like the uh, the repackaging of McGillicuddy. Tony is our expert blogger, the best blogger in the business. Check out his blogs on the KenReedyShow.com, Raw, SmackDown, Impact. Tony, thanks for the call. And we'll actually being off this Sunday. We'll uh, talk to you next Tuesday. All right. Take it easy, man. You too. All right, yeah, Tony, our expert blogger. We're going to make one more attempt right now to bring on Joey Legend. We're going to try redialing. And the number you have dialed has not been recognized. They don't Please recognize. try again. I'm wondering if that, that, that's going out over everything. You heard that, right? I heard that. Yeah, the operator does not recognize Joey Legend's number. So, uh, again, well, I don't... With a European number, uh, I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. So, producer Michelle, if you can just contact him and we'll we'll reschedule him uh, ASAP. Apology, you know, put put a lot of uh, I'm sorry's and we regrets and stuff. So we, uh, you know, because I feel bad. Uh, he was kind enough to give us some time. So we'll definitely get Joey Legend back on the program. Um, but you know what, Dave, we the. You know, we hit on a little bit with Tony, uh, the repackaging of one Michael McGillicuddy into Curtis Axel. And I got to say, you know, it was was funny because he came out, and I was shocked, and then I was kind of glad. So, like, that's cool. It's something different. I didn't see it. Anyone who said they saw that coming, they're lying. Didn't see it coming. Um, You know, the names that you heard floating around the Internet, none of them were Michael McGillicuddy. Kind of like the new name. It actually took me a second. I'm like, wait, that theme song sounds... Oh, nice job. So love, love uh, the homage to his pops. Uh, you know, I, I just... I, I thought it was great. Um, if I had to criticize, uh, you know, maybe change the look up a little bit. Maybe change the haircut. Uh, trim the beard. Uh, 
you know, something like that to kind of really separate us from Michael McGillicuddy. Uh, I would disagree. Again, saying I wasn't crazy about the finish of Raw. I didn't like it. That being said, I'm going to disagree with people who are criticizing and saying that it buried Axel. I didn't think it buried him at all. Uh, I don't think maybe it necessarily looked like, look, made him look the strongest. I don't think he buried him. I think it's, it's kind of a, you know, he can come out and Heyman can posture with him next week and say, you know, keep out Triple H. And so I, I don't think it's burying him at all. Uh, I think it's a work in progress. I'm not 100% like, yes, this is going to work. Put him in line for the WWE title. But I'm not like, this sucks, Michael McGillicuddy can. I, I'm very optimistic about this. I like the guy's skill set. I like him being with Heyman. Uh, I just would like to see them maybe tweak the character a little bit more. But I'm very optimistic in the direction that Curtis Axel is going in. Your thoughts, Dave? Are you folks ready? Because I think I'm going to debut the first annual Rosenrant here on the Ken Reedy Show. I'm glad you brought this topic up. Because first of all, I kind of had a Paul Roma moment, so to speak, when <laughs> he was introduced. I was like, you know, because there had been a lot of speculation online that it could have been Rob Van Dam, and Van Dam was spotted at the Hall of Fame at Madison Square Garden during WrestleMania weekend, and he's a free agent. I even thought of Antonio Cesaro because he needs some something to, to to get him out of this rut, or maybe even a Wade Barrett. Um, you know, a couple of those names that came to mind. I thought I, I didn't. I I, I kind of lean towards it's going to be somebody that's on the main roster, but I just don't know who it is. And they really kept a good you know a good job of keeping it a secret um, amidst the speculation on social media, on Twitter, and Facebook, and the WWE app. Let's not forget about that goddamn app. Um, <laughs> anyhow, I'll get into that later too. Um, but as far as burying him goes, and, you know, I will discuss the Triple H, you know, the, the ending to Raw in a few moments. But as far as burying him goes, I do agree with you. There should have been maybe just a little bit of a change with the look and, you know, his his look, so to speak. Because my first thought was, okay, that's Michael McGill, that's Curtis Axel in Michael McGillicuddy's body. Like, there was no difference, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to put, to me, if you were going to put him in the spot that he's now in with a guy like a Paul Heyman, then I thought there should have been not a major, you know, overhaul as far as his look goes, but at least something to really get the Curtis Axel persona out there, so to speak. And, um... I thought, you know, maybe they just could have changed the look up a little bit. I liked the, the the reintroduction of his late father, Mr. Perfect's theme music, but with a little bit of a twist. I like that he's paying homage to his father and his grandfather, being a third-generation wrestler with the name Curtis Axel, Kurt Henning, Larry the Axe Henning. I thought it was pretty cool, and I thought to myself, with Heyman, this has got some potential. I'm not 100% sold on it. I'm not saying he's going to be main event WrestleMania next year in New Orleans or fighting for the streak, but I think that he He's got a lot of potential with a guy like Paul Heyman. You don't put him in that spot for no reason, you know, to be with a guy like Paul Heyman. They obviously have, you know, some idea and plans as to what they want to do with him now. Um, from what I've heard, Triple H has been a big supporter of him backstage. Um, and another rumor that I heard that The Rock actually requested to train with McGillicuddy, Axel, Joe Henning, whatever you want to call him, um, heading towards his matches on pay-per-view with the Royal Rumble and Elimination Chamber because um, he feels he has a solid hand in the ring. Now, 
Here's to the real rant. We could talk about the Triple H ending, uh, you know, the raw concussion, collapsing, whatever. There are a lot of wrestling fans out there, fans of our show and fans who don't listen to our show and the overall Internet wrestling community who feel that the writing in WWE is very predictable. I have been guilty of that myself, too. I will not exclude myself from that factor. At times, I am guilty of saying that it's been very predictable. Last night, there were a lot of people, even today, on the Internet, a huge uproar that this has buried, you know, the former Michael McGillicuddy. I don't think so at all. Him being involved in the segment alone helps, okay? This is Shades of the Owen Hart, Shawn Michaels, 1995, you know, the, the collapsing. This is before Michaels lost his smile. He just lost his mind. It collapsed in the ring. Um, but... They could they could spin this a million different ways, okay? McGillicuddy can come out, or McGillicuddy, Axel, I'm sorry, let, let, let me get this straight. Curtis Axel, Paul Heyman, they can come out on TV next week, and they could lay claim to being the ones to have taken Triple H out and ended his career, or having some form or fashion of, you know, a semblance of, physicality towards him to make him have a concussion or whatever. Even though Brock did most of the damage the night before, Axel picked up the scraps. Similar to what Owen Hart did when when Shawn Michaels collapsed. Owen Hart claimed Shawn Michaels ended his career. You know how much heat that drew with Owen Hart? I mean, I wouldn't say it made him an instant star, but he was a serious threat for a long period of time. Not that he wasn't before, but it was more serious after that angle. So this could definitely help Curtis Axel as far as the angle goes. A lot of you wrestling fans out there, you like I said, you complain a lot. A lot of complaining. Nothing is ever good enough for you. This was done to get people's attention, okay? This wasn't, you know, if they ended Raw with Hunter pedigreeing him and burying him, you all would have been in an uproar. Or if they ended it with somebody coming in and helping Axel cheat to beat Triple H, you would have said, well, Curtis Axel isn't a viable competitor because he needed somebody else to cheat him. You're going to find something to complain about, for Christ's sake. Bottom line is, this caught people's attention, and this has potential to be a really good storyline down the road. You could play Triple H as the punch-drunk fighter who doesn't know when to quit, and he's got head trauma, and one more match, one more blow could end his career for him. This could set up maybe a swan song for him at next year's WrestleMania. They could put him in the Hall of Fame, and he could have one more match. You know, there's a lot of things they could do with this. A lot of people just felt, oh, well, it was flat. I know you did too, Ken, and I'm not, you know, you're entitled to your opinion, but I think going forward with this storyline, it wasn't meant to be like, oh, wow, oh, my God. It was meant to make you think, like, what are they doing here? What's going on? I think that's what it was really meant for. And it will definitely get people tuning in either Friday night or next week to want to know what the status of Triple H is. So for all you wrestling fans out there that are so quick to criticize as to what they do with their writing, you aren't all entitled to your opinions. But I personally feel at the end of the day you're going to be proved wrong with how good of a storyline this could possibly be once they decide to reintroduce Triple H back onto television. And that, my friends, was the first Rosen rant here on the Ken Reedy show. Yeah, I mean, you know, and it's funny. I mean, down the road a piece, maybe I'll look at this ending and I'll say, hey, you know, I guess it started the thing. I, You know, and I mean, some of the things, and, and we talked, uh, you know, about the last man standing. Maybe it was the camera work that kind of left it flat. Uh, maybe if we had a couple more shots at, at Curtis Axel and him and Heyman's reactions to uh, Triple H and Triple H not being able to continue uh 
maybe that would have helped. Maybe it would have helped if, uh, you know, even if Triple H, like, clawed his way into the ring and, uh, you know, the ref was standing on top of him and, and preventing Axel from getting in the ring and getting at him. Uh, something that, you know, would give it a, a little bit more drama. It just, I don't know, it, again, it just kind of left me flat and remains to be seen where they'll go as far as the... Uh, the direction of the storyline. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think this is probably the moment that they write Triple H off of TV. And, and you know, this probably will wind up being a feather in Curtis Axel's hat uh, at the end of the day because Heyman will spin it that he put Triple H out. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, I just it was just kind of a, a disjointed ending to me. Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just it was the camera work. Maybe it was partially the commentating. Maybe it was just uh, everything that... Uh, but just to me, it kind of left me flat. But I did. I I will agree with you that I I don't get the people that say that this buries Curtis Axel. I I don't think this buries him at all. I mean, we introduced it's a launching point for him. What? It, it, it it's a launching point for him because he was there involved in the angle. Let's put it this way. You know, you mentioned you know maybe it would have been you know if if Axel attacked Hunter while he was kind of down. I, we spoke about this in the pre-show, and I'll go ahead and say it to our audience. You know, I think they were co- trying to go in with a sh- with a shoot aspect of it, where you couldn't tell if this was real or if this was scripted, so to speak. I think that's what they were trying to portray. Even though most of us know that this was scripted, if Axel went and like kicked him in the head or clotheslined him or you know did something to him, then it would just like look like another wrestling angle. You notice how like when Lawler was talking, his voice was real low. Cole didn't say anything, and JBL just stood there. They tried to really play the realism into this, that this could be something serious. And, I, and another reason, you know, through a, a, a reliable source of mine that I spoke with uh, last night after the show, a lot of reasons why they didn't do something like that at the end to, let's quote-unquote say, make Axel look more of a like a threat was because they're really concerned about concussions these days. I mean, Ziggler as Dolph Ziggler, there's no timetable when he's coming back um, because of this retrograde amnesia he has. So um, they're being real careful with you know blows to the head, and it wouldn't surprise me, you know, down the road a piece. I'm not saying it's going to happen in you know the next month or two, but if they avoid any kind of head shots whatsoever. They've avoided chair shots to the head, so it wouldn't surprise me if you don't see, you know, you know, moves that are, you know, devastate the, the neck and head area, so to speak. Yeah, and I, and I hear it saying, I mean, I, I see that, that aspect that they're trying to add a bit of realism, but even if they gave us a couple of shots, because I, I saw a still picture today of Heyman looking concerned, and he kind of had his hand on, on Axel's chest, kind of almost stopping him from walking over, if there was a, a, a shot over there that kind of gave that look of concern, I, I, like, again, it just kind of, the whole thing left me flat. And I don't know, for me as a fan, like, what could have been done to fix it? And I am curious. It's funny, though, with the concussion angle, though, because, you know, they, they, they have, they're spending all this money on be a star and anti-bullying, but Mark Henry's the biggest bully on the planet. So it, it's interesting that, you know, if this is a work, and I get it, they're adding realism, but... Uh, you know, I mean, the, the, the guys are wrestlers, and they should be able to, you know, give the, quote, blows to the head without killing somebody. I mean, accidents happen. Uh, you know, again, it was just for entertainment value, I guess, and we'll see where the, the story goes. Uh, I just, I wasn't grabbed by it. I was like, all right, you know. It was funny, actually. I was 
I, I Raw ended and, and it went to commercial. And I actually was like, wait, did it end? Was was that actually it? And I I had to rewind and go, oh yeah, there's the logo in the corner. <laughs> okay, I guess it did just end. So uh, be interesting to see what they say. But yeah, I mean, Dave, I think you bring up a good point. I think we're both in agreement that you know this is no issue. I mean, Axel, look, Axel was introduced by Paul Heyman. That's a positive. He's repackaged, uh, capitalizing on his lineage. That's a positive. He wrestled Triple H in the main event on Monday Night Raw and left on his feet. Okay? Now, you know, you can say what you want about the storyline and what's... And again, for me, it wasn't entertaining. I didn't like the end. But I can't sit here and say it, it buried Axel. He, he left on his feet. He went in against the game... One of the all-time greats, he left on his feet. Triple H needed to be assisted back. So I, I think Axel is in a very good spot. I mean, it's a spot. Look, I'm sure there are 100 competitors. There's thousands of wrestlers in this country that would give anything at this moment to be in Axel, in uh, Curtis Axel's spot. It's a good spot for him to be in. Let's see what the kid can do, be given that spot. Three, four, seven. Eight three eight nine eight one five. You want to talk the end of Raw? You want to talk Shield? You want to talk Axel? You want to talk Extreme Rules? Whatever you want to talk about, let's bring it on. We got Mister Trivia on the line. Trivia, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How you guys doing? Not bad. How you doing? All right. Uh, pretty surprising last night with Paul Heyman's announcement. I was expecting it to be Christian, but uh, I was surprised with. When it came out, Michael McGillicuddy it was like, "Wow, are you serious?" And um, but the pay per view, which has been something that's been bothering me, and uh, I'd like to get uh, your take on it. Maybe you can explain it to me and make it a little bit clearer for me, because I mentioned to you that uh, I heard you guys mention on the air that uh, the camera work wasn't that good and so forth and so on. But how is Ryback not the champion? Wasn't he standing in the back when the camera was on him? Wasn't he standing in the back and Cena was on the stretcher? Or is it something that it was last man standing in the ring? Or was it just last man standing, period? No, I mean, in technicality, I mean, it, it's pro wrestling and rules. My my thought, my guess would be with this, that as soon as the two competitors went through the set, that the ref waved the match off and the match was done. That would be my guess. Now, they were all laid back there for a while, uh, so the, the assumption, you know, I didn't count, but I'm thinking both guys were down for the 10 count. Even if Ryback got up before Cena, they were both laid out for 10 seconds. I, I just think that to, to sell that both guys were really hurt and this, this move took as much out of Ryback, who was performing the move, as it did on John Cena, I just would have cut away before we saw Ryback on his feet. Uh, that, that's all, like, as far as camera work goes. And that's really not even camera work. That's, uh, that would be uh, the production truck uh, deciding what shots they're going to go to. So someone made the decision to keep the camera to stay at that angle. Uh, I just would have cut away from that beforehand as to not see Ryback stand up. So my assumption is either the match was waved off or that just both guys were laid, were laid down for uh, over 10 seconds, so it was called a no contest. What did you think of the match? Yeah, I, well, I thought it was uh, 
I thought it was pretty decent. I thought the best match of the night was Triple H and Brock Lesnar, but one of the things I'm thinking about is I think, I don't know, I'd say maybe the match went maybe out 15, 20 minutes, I'm just saying, Lesnar and Triple H. Uh, But I'd have to say that 85% of that, I think, now maybe 75% of that match, Triple H dominated the match. And then, you know, Brock Lesnar, he hurt his leg, bad knee, whatever it was. You know, Triple H gets the sledgehammer. Like you said, he got beat with his own move, which was stupid. Yeah, I understand. You know, I agree with you 100% on there, Ken. And uh, I just think that, uh, you know, I I thought it was a good match. You know, I thought it was possibly, you know, one of the best matches of the night. The Shield winning all the gold, which was awesome. I'm glad to see that they, uh, they got some gold. Hope they hold on to it for a while. But I don't think you've seen the last of Triple H. I don't think he's going to go out like that. No, you know, probably, I don't. Uh, he's probably due that, for an extended vacation. Yeah, I mean, I could see him being uh, off the air as far as wrestling and stuff and, you know, not making too many or not coming out making as very many executive decisions as you should. I was surprised uh, last night not to see John Cena on Monday Night Raw. When was the last time we didn't see John Cena on Monday Night Raw? Doesn't you know, happen often. Them, I know, and the thing with Triple H, they said he hadn't. Re- it's been three years since he's wrestled on Monday Night Raw. It doesn't seem that long. You know, it's funny with that, and that that kind of again with, and you know, I can't blame the commentating because they're probably told to say that. But to me, when you're saying, you know, it, he hasn't wrestled in three years on Monday Night Raw, it, it, to me as a fan, it wasn't putting the spotlight on this being a historical night, and it's radius. I'm doing air quotes now, historical night. It, 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 it shined a spotlight on Triple H just being a part-timer. I didn't think that that point of him not wrestling on Raw for three years needed to be drilled into our heads that it's been that long. It didn't, it didn't add, for me as a viewer, it didn't add anything to it. It just kind of is like, oh, it, it kept reminding us, oh, yeah, Triple H is a part-timer, which means... As they keep saying three years, I'm just thinking, all right, so this is tonight they're going to get him off TV for a little while because, uh, you know, they keep telling us it hasn't been for three years. So uh, that was weird. But you're right. I, I When they said the three years initially, I was like, wow, it's been three years since he's been on Monday Night Raw. That's, uh, yeah. that's a while for hey, the uh, game. Dave, one yeah. question for you, Dave. I, I understand that your, uh, your girlfriend, so to speak, wrestled on Raw last night. I know how you feel about Layla. She's an excellent wrestler, <laughs> very uh, talented. But um, how do you feel? What do you think about this uh, this new finishing maneuver by AJ? You think that might uh, catapult her to the Divas title? Oh, I think it will. I mean, it's it's great that she's got that. You know, that that they're putting over that finisher and they're actually putting importance into, you know, her a female character like her. I mean, it, it, she's not just a pretty face. I mean, you know, she's they they've dubbed her as being crazy and a little out there. And this finisher, I think, you know. Because she's so small and flexible, it really kind of fits her, and I I, I like it. I think it's I think it's a, a step in the right direction in you know not just for her itself, but for the entire women's division if they ever decide to do anything with it, you know, or do something meaningful with it. I should say, for having you know making the moves and the you know count in the matches, so to speak. So I thought it was a, I. I I thought it was a, a, a good move that they gave her that, and it works for her character, and it puts her over as being very 
cold and sadistic and crazy, you know, on top of all the other adjectives that they have portrayed her as in the it has in the past year. So it, it's it's a it's a it's a win for me, in my opinion. Cool. Yeah, and I know you guys have probably heard this like fifty times already, but I'd like to get your opinion on it as well. Do you think they're going to bring in the instant replay in the WWE after the after what happened in the I Quit match? And do you quit? Do you, any of you quit? <laughs> can you can you um, quit? <laughs> we've killed that gimmick already. Please. You know, I'll uh, I, you know, let me I'll say something, and then Dave, uh, get get your take. Um, I, I will say this: if they decide that they're going to bring uh, instant replay into professional wrestling on a consistent basis, the writers got to get together and get spot on with how exactly they're going to roll it out, how they're going to use it, uh, when it can be requested. I mean, really, kind of be consistent with the storytelling uh, if they're going to use it. Personally, if I'm in charge of the WWE, I say absolutely not. It's silly. It's pro wrestling. Pro wrestling, half the entertainment is predicated on things happening that the ref doesn't see. Uh, that's part of the fun. I mean, it was it was more fun before there was a admission of being sports entertainment and a, you know, admission of being scripted. So you know, as you know, I don't know at what age nowadays you recognize that wrestling scripted. But for me, growing up watching wrestling. Uh, there was a very uh, genuine, visceral frustration that I would feel when the refs wouldn't see something and uh, one of my favorite faces lost because the ref had his back turned. Uh, that was, it's just, it's, it's a tradition in wrestling. It's something I never want to see go away. So if I had a choice, I say no. If they're going forward with it, they got to have all their ducks in a row and really make sure they do it the right way because I, 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 I have a hard time seeing this work uh, happening uh, very often. Your thoughts, Dave? Yeah. All right, guys, we'll talk to you next Sunday. Uh, We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you very much. I'll listen to Dave's uh, thing on the computer. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Thanks, Mr. Terry. Have a good one. Yeah, so your thoughts, Dave, on, like, whether they should bring instant replay in in on a more consistent basis or, uh, you know, just nothing. What are your thoughts? You took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, it's got to be – if you're going to do it, it's got to be consistent. Um but that means that a lot of things would have to change, you know. I mean, there's – I don't think it's going to be done. I heard a rumor that there's a possibility they might do it, but I don't know. It's got to be consistent. That's, it took the words right out of my mouth. That's all I can say. I mean, I really can't comment any – you know, say anything else that you haven't already said um, because it's just it, consistency, plain and simple. That's what it's got to be. So I'm curious, getting back to Extreme Rules and, you know, instant replay is part of Extreme Rules, I think, you know, we're both kind of on the uh, the negative side of, of the instant replay thing. Uh, it was a, To me, it was a weird pay-per-view because I thought it started off strong. However, the, the matches may have been a bit rushed. I still thought that Fandango and Jericho was a good match. Ambrose Kofi was a good match. I thought it took a, a downturn in the middle, but then ended strong. Uh Personally, I thought Cena-Ryback was a very entertaining match. I am not as bent out of shape about the, quote, no-selling afterwards. Uh, Cena getting up off the stretcher, to me, was just a, I don't know, just a tough guy gutting it out. Uh, it's a wrestler. It's, it's stone cold, not saying I quit and passing out in his own blood. It's, uh, you know, any athlete saying, I don't need the hospital, I'm good. It's uh 
it's it's Ronnie Lott saying, "Cut my pinky off so I can go back in and play." It did. It didn't. It didn't sit as as poorly with me as uh, you know you heard across the internet. I mean, I get it. I, I get the opinion, but it wasn't enough to detract from the match. Like I said earlier, the only uh, criticism I've had because a lot of people have pointed it out is. You know, the camera probably shouldn't have caught Ryback actually getting up. Uh, but other than that, that was my match of the night. I thought that was uh, very entertaining. Uh, I liked the spots in it. I thought it was the – for two guys that I kind of was wondering whether like what these two guys could do as far as their styles go and could they put on an entertaining match, I, I thought they succeeded. I thought they gave me a really entertaining match. Uh, Close, close, close second is uh, Triple H and Brock Lesnar. But the good thing is that I thought the pay-per-view ended strong. Your thoughts on the match of the night, Dave? I would have to agree with you on Ryback and Cena. It was a very fun, entertaining match. A last-man-standing stipulation. Um, You know, any kind of no disqualification, no rules kind of stipulation, especially with their styles, um, really hides, you know, some of their weaknesses Um, from a technical standpoint. You know, I'm going to actually answer Mr. Trivia's question as far as, like, you know, Ryback being the champion, um, you know, because I wasn't able to interject. But Charles Robinson, I think he went on Twitter or it was the WWE app. I don't know, one of the two, but I read this online yesterday. Um, he commented and said that he was concerned for the well-being of the two performers, and he stopped the match. So there was no 10 count that was made. There was no the referees. There were referees. There were medics. They were all over the place. Not once in that camera shot that I see Charles Robinson counting while there were medics trying to put John Cena on a stretcher. So the match was obviously stopped. Maybe it wasn't as clear to some viewers as others, but from where I saw it, the match was obviously stopped. You know, he he he, he showed this. Charles Robinson showed concern for the two performers. You know, you mentioned the. The scene of no sell, you know, that, that, that everyone's been up in arms about. Yeah, it was a little difficult to watch, I'd say, because I, I did watch that YouTube post show, um, and I figured, okay, well, if he's getting up off the stretcher and he's going to be on Raw, I was pleasantly surprised that John Cena was not on Raw. Not saying that I don't like John Cena and I don't want to see him on TV, but, you know, he sold it, you know. He wasn't there the next night. He, he wasn't on Raw last night. If they didn't do this Triple H concussion storyline that everyone's been bitching about and John Cena was on TV, they would have bitched that John Cena no-sold and showed up the next night on Raw for not selling the effects of what Ryback did to him in the last man standing match. Now, yes, we did see Ryback at the beginning of the show. He didn't look very hurt or, you know, affected by what took place. But it's wrestling, I guess. You know, these are larger-than-life, superhuman comic book heroes. I mean, at one point in WCW, Hulk Hogan threw the big show off the roof of an arena, and he showed up 10 minutes later and had a match. So we could talk about no spelling there. I mean, he no-sold death, <laughs> you know? So I liked the match. It was the match of the night for me. I would say close second would probably be Triple H and Brock Lesnar. Um, and a lot of people bitch about the finish, too, and – I think the finish was fine. I, I mean, I the reason why I thought the finish was fine, number one, because I predicted it in our pre-show, but number two, <laughs> you could you, – you, Barry Horowitz, pat on the back for myself. But number two, Cena just won the belt from The Rock. And you're also trying to build up Ryback as this monster. If you have Ryback lose, 
more people on the Internet are going to bitch that he lost another title match and they're not building him properly, but he's, he put John Cena out to the point where he couldn't show up the next night on TV. I mean, that doesn't tell you that he's somewhat of a monster. I mean, come on. You know, I, I just I just don't get it with, 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 with some community of wrestling fans out there. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I, you know, I guess for some people, you know, they're, they're always going to find something to complain about. It, it, it didn't bother me so much. And maybe maybe it's also the era we grew up in. I mean, I, I like my wrestlers being kind of superhuman. So, uh, you know, kind of that tough guy like, ah, oh, no, don't take me to the hospital. I, I kind of enjoyed it. Just interesting, as we've been talking about the Triple H uh, concussion angle, uh, the spotlight on Facebook. Check them out. They, they uh, post uh, wrestling stories in there. Their, their source is F4WOnline.com, and they're uh, standing right now, and this is a quote for those wondering, Triple H is fine, and the angle at the end of last night's Raw was the beginning of what appears to be a concussion storyline. The idea right now is that the McMahon family will be brought into the storyline eventually. Triple H will likely be off WWE TV for a while, and when he returns, Stephanie McMahon and Vince McMahon will try to talk him out of ever wrestling again. At Extreme Rules on Sunday, Vince McMahon was telling people he had something big planned for Raw, and apparently the Triple H angle was it. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. It could be the absolute truth. It could be partially the truth. It could be an absolute lie. Uh, but interesting, uh, Dave, that you had brought up that idea of the punch-drunk fighter who does not know when to hang it up. And we've seen that in uh, all too often in sports, especially like boxing. Uh, the guy who just you know just keeps coming back for one more fight uh, doesn't know when he really needs to hang it up. Uh, could be a very interesting storyline, something that's very timely for because uh, concussions are in the news often now. But uh, interesting, Dave. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with uh, that punch drunk fighter idea. So perhaps again, take it with a grain of salt. But perhaps they uh, will move into a, a direction kind of like that. Yeah, I mean this this could be something that could you know. This is very similar to, you know, Rocky and, you know, Rocky V when he couldn't fight anymore. And it, it could be – this could be something that could potentially cap off his career. You know, he could have this serious, you know, emotionally invested storyline going into, you know, next year's WrestleMania where he, he wrestles God knows who. Let's just say for argument's sake, CM Punk. And, you know, he can't take any more blows, but he's going against doctor's orders and he's going against, you know, his family's, you know, concern to have one more match because, you know, he's a fighter and he doesn't quit. And this could, you know, cap off his career. Maybe they induct him in the Hall of Fame next year or the following year, you know, and Triple H, you know, goes out of WrestleMania next year, you know, being done with. Who knows? I mean, I think and, and exposing, you know, and bringing up, concussions because it's very serious in sports you know these days and as well as wrestling i think um i think it's good exposure and it could tell a really good story um and something that a lot of people could sink their teeth into a lot of professional athletes who watch wwe television could sink their teeth into it you know and 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 there may be there may be somewhat of a, a, a lesson that could come out of this storyline, you know, not just something to entertain you, but something for you to really think about, you know, as an athlete, you know, outside of wrestling that, that, that watches this, you can say to yourself, well, you know, they, they really portrayed that really well. And this could happen to anybody. And, you know, it can happen to any one of us. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think this, 
I, I got a good feeling about this. That's all I'm saying. I, 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 I mentioned on the Facebook chat last night, I think this, done right, it could be really, really good. And if and if they completely no-sell it, when he, and we've been saying no-sell a lot lately, but if they completely no-sell this and he comes back like everything's fine and they don't really touch up on this, then I'll go on record on this show and tell everybody that, yes, I was wrong from the start, that thinking that the Triple H collapsing on Raw Angle was a good idea. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, if you're expounding the virtues of a potentially good storyline, referencing Rocky Five might not be the best way to go with it. Oh, not, I mean, it, no, that wasn't yeah, the best Rocky, I obviously, but I you know what I mean. Triple H, to, Triple H to come back, you knocked him down. Won't you try knocking me down? <laughs> not you, you know, I, I, okay, you know, I, I I was just about to go to the phones. Uh, it looked like we had Joey Legend on the line. We just lost him. So uh, we got we only got about 10 minutes left. So, Joey, if you're listening, um, we'll definitely try and reschedule. I don't want to rush the interview. Definitely want to give you the respect and time uh, that you deserve. So uh, let's not rush it. Um, I was just about to go to the line, and uh, he dropped. So I don't know if he got cut off or he had something else to do. But, again, we will reschedule Joey. Apologies out there, but we'll get him on ASAP. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it should be interesting to see where they go. I mean, that could be a very cool storyline going forward. Uh, moving on, uh, we got again, got about 10 minutes. But uh, Monday Night Raw, uh, I thought was a solid Raw. Um, one of the things, I guess, that, that concerns everybody as a wrestling fan is what exactly they're going to do with the Shield and with the titles. Um, I know now we're getting SmackDown. We're going to have the return bout between Ambrose and Kofi Kingston. That makes me happy as a wrestling fan because I, I think the return bout should happen sooner than later. Uh, I may have gone with it right away on Monday Night Raw, but, you know, they went with the six-man tag. Um, I'm I'm a little tired of the six-man tag matches, uh, albeit they've been very good entertaining matches. Uh, you know, if we're going to use the Shield, if the Shield are going to be the guys to move these titles uh, into a upper echelon uh, to move them into uh back into some more prestige i think we need to have you know we need to have ambrose in singles matches and we need to have uh roman and reigns in in tag matches and really kind of put over those titles and they could help each other out at times but uh you know kind of bring some prestige back to the title dave i mean we hit on a little before and you're uh, talking with mr trivia you know there's been some growth uh over the year or so in different areas but it's been inconsistent and we're looking now there's there's some substantial storylines and character development in the diva division, which is which is good. Uh, now we want to get back to getting these uh, other secondary and tertiary titles uh, make them matter. Um, but I do think when you look at Monday Night Raw, between uh, you know, and I touched on it with uh, the Triple H nod of approval on Sunday. Uh, you know, you're looking at the future of the business. Your Ryback opens the show, uh, the Shield involved. You got uh, Curtis Axel, uh, the Big player, main event, involved in the main event of Monday Night Raw. So, uh, you know, when you look at the upcoming years in wrestling, Dave, I mean, you're looking at, you know, this Monday Night Raw. We may all look back on this Monday Night Raw and really say, you know, that was really the beginning of a new era of wrestling. And, you know, when you look at WrestleMania next year, we may very well still have, you know, the CM Punks, the John Cena's, the Takers, the Triple H's. But we're looking at this point into the next five, six, seven years of that pay-per-view card really changing and starting to look much different than it has for quite some time. Your thought on, thoughts on Monday Night Raw and the youth movement? 
Well, I thought it was great. I mean, you know, here's another here's another point that I thought of earlier too. When was the when was the last time you didn't see the world champion and the WWE champion on on, on Monday Night Raw? I know Ziggler had a concussion, and they were obviously selling the injuries that Cena suffered. But you know, you had one veteran in a sense, or one you know, you know part time guy like Triple H on, but. You know, you had Big E and Del Rio. You had Swagger. You had, you know, the the, the Shield and Team Hell No. And, and uh, I mean, Cody Rhodes had a match. You know, Sheamus. I mean, you, you they're, they're, it may not seem like it to some of us, but they are building towards the future. If you're going to be able to put all those guys on, on one show and showcase them in the manners that they did, then it, it's obvious that they do have ideas and plans for the future with these guys. Um, and I do agree with you. I think we will see, you know, a lot of pay-per-view cards look different in the next couple of years um, with guys like The Shield and Sheamus and, uh, you know, Del Rio and Biggie Langston, um, you know, Daniel Daniel Bryan. I mean, I can go on and on with, with, with the talent that they have. I thought the six-man tag was fantastic. I thought it was an awesome tag match. And, you know, to bring up your point, you know, you said you're sick of a six-man tag yeah, I, I'm starting to get a little tired of it, too, and I think we're slowly going to see that phased out because Ambrose has a singles title and Rollins and uh, Reigns are, you know, in a tag team now as the tag team champions. I think um, you'll see six-man tags here and there, but for the most part, you know, they will all be together, you know, as a group, but they just won't be wrestling in the same match um, at the same time. What I found interesting, um, you know, not necessarily about Monday Night Raw, but about Extreme Rules, how Ambrose came out by himself. Um, you know, he's at the top of the the, the, the stands with rounds and reigns, but then he wrestled the match by himself and and uh, you know showed you know his his ring skills without any help from anybody. So I thought that was pretty cool um, that they had him kind of do that on his own, and uh, it kind of makes him a more viable and bigger threat and maybe foreshadowing that when the shield does break up, you know, I'm not saying that Ambrose, I mean, everyone is pegging Ambrose to be the star, but um, Ambrose will do fine on his own once the shield breaks up, in my opinion. But overall, I thought it was great the way they showcased all the young talent, and I just hope that they stay consistent with it, um, you know, and, and, and move forward and mix some of these guys up in the main event scene. I'm looking forward to when Dolph comes back eventually, you know, and, and, and he could finally have a, a, a solid run as the world champion and see what he can do because he really hadn't really, you know, um, hit the surface yet as, as, as world heavyweight champion with his run, you know, you know the untimely concussion that he had. So um, overall, I thought it was a good night with some solid wrestling. Orton Swagger was a good match. Um Solid, good wrestling. Like I said, the six-man tag was fantastic. I'm a huge fan of the Shield, um, and uh, so thumbs up from me. Same here. I mean, I thought it was a solid Raw. I think again, I, you know, looking back, you know, we may look back on this Raw like, or even Extreme Rules or this this time period as like where the seeds started to be planted for the future of the WWE. Um, you know, another star, and it's interesting because I. I you know, Ryback came on like a house of fire. Guy who got real popular real fast. Uh, you know, they, they turn him heel. Uh, you know, it was at a point that, um, you know, I he was looking at like this guy's the next big thing. This guy is going to be uh, the face of the company. Uh, I, I think that's, that's come back a little bit, a little bit uh, at this moment, especially since the, the heel turn. Um, he opens Monday Night Raw. So when you look at like the 
Monday Night Raw this past week, I mean, you have Ryback, uh, a fairly new talent, opening Raw, and you have uh, Curtis Axel closing Raw. So uh, interesting uh, Monday Night Raw as far as uh, two of the glory spots on the show, uh, opening and closing. Uh, Ryback, you know, I, I guess the jury's out on how far this guy can go. I, I do think that we're going to see him with uh, the world title or the WWE title probably at some point this year. Uh, you know, nobody's ever going to accuse Ryback of being the second coming of Ric Flair or Dusty Rhodes. But in the grand scheme of things of what we get out of Ryback and what we know Ryback is, I thought it was an okay promo. I thought it was a solid promo. And in a match where, you know, John Cena refused to go to the hospital, refused to get into the ambulance, well, come one Ryback to open up Monday Night Raw and say, you know what, I'm challenging you to an ambulance match. So we have that to look forward to at the next pay-per-view. And, again, didn't set the world on fire, but I, I thought Ryback's promo to open Raw was at least good, Dave. Yeah, I thought it was good too. Solid. He's not like you said. He's not going to set the world on fire like Ric Flair, or like a Dusty Rhodes. But it works for his character. He's a mean, badass looking guy. Um, you know that 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 that's intimidating. He's a bully. You know that's what he is. He's a bully. Um, and uh, it worked for him, and it made sense that he had challenged Cena to an ambulance match because Cena refused to go into the ambulance and get medical treatment. So. Um, I have no problem with it. Um, yeah, I mean, let's just hope he stays. Con- he can't stray off too far with his promos. Let's just put it that way. Don't give him a whole lot of time to talk. I mean, we've we've seen the the meatheads try to do that a la Brock Lesnar last year. Brock Lesnar repeated himself about forty seven goddamn times in twelve <laughs> minute promo with John Laurinaitis. So. Don't let him go too far off. Give him his bullet points. Tell him he's got this amount of time, and let him get it done in the way that he can get it done, and it will get over. And you know, I don't think there's, I don't think it's rocket science when it comes to Jesus Christ. People with motorcycles on my street. I'm trying to conduct a, a radio show here. <laughs> Predict this. We're live, people. Um, yeah. So I enjoyed it, and there was no problem with it. I, I don't bash it like the rest of the internet wrestling community. But I, there is something that I will bash that we have bashed on this show on numerous times. There is breaking news from Powerbomb Pro Wrestling. They have announced that our favorite diva, Sonny, has been released from prison in Connecticut. Woo! Set her free! Set her free! Set her free! It gets gets worse. (laughs) (laughs) This this is a train wreck, as only Sonny could, could, could produce. She's been released from prison after being jailed for four months for her well publicized string of violations of her boyfriend's restraining order. If you will recall, Stitch was sentenced to 114 days in prison after she was arrested six times in a four-month period, including three times in three days for breaking the order filed by Damian Darling. She has been released from the Connecticut prison in which she served time and told them that she had contacted HPV before entering prison, while inside learned it had become cervical cancer. Stitch says she has undergone a hysterectomy in the hospital in the area a couple of weeks ago. She is now apparently cancer-free. And she's written an autobiography while she was in jail, too, apparently. Wow. It be, and, and it's moving to New Mexico. Okay. Well, that, 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 that's the definition of a train. New Mexico. Good luck, New Mexico. 
2011 Hall of Famer. I wonder how they're going to do her driver's license out there. They're going to, is she going to ask for her driver's license to say 2011 WWE Hall of Famer? I wonder if it has it on, on her Connecticut driver's license. I wonder if she's going to get a driver's license. I wonder if they're going to let her in the state. <laughs> and we are terrible. I'm going to hell. I can't believe it. We probably are. But you know what? I'd be glad that, like, you know, she's cancer-free and, and not joking about that. You know, yeah. I'm not going to send anyone. So glad glad for that. But, uh, you know, it, we, we have to joke. We we have to. So, uh Good Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. Funny We've come to the end of another uh, Tuesday edition of the Ken Reedy Show. Tremendous, uh, you know, rehashing uh, stream rules and Monday Night Raw. Remember, guys, we are off uh, this coming Sunday. So be safe. Uh, enjoy yourself. Cheers from us. Uh, have a great Memorial Day weekend. We'll be back next Tuesday to talk about everything in the world of pro wrestling, the best in pro wrestling talk. Remember, Coming up on May 31st, the Ken Reedy Show. Sponsors, Tap Out Cancer. Peppermill South details are on thekenreedyshow.com. Be sure to go and check that out if you want to be a part of that. Uh, hopefully, we'll be posting shortly uh, some newer items. We'll be raffling off that night, but it's just going to be a really cool night to be a wrestling fan and hanging out. So, uh should be a cool night. Uh, another great show, Dave. Uh, lots of cool stuff. Looking forward to the youth movement in the WWE. But uh, happy Memorial Day, my friend. Thank you very much. I hope yours is a safe and fun Memorial Day weekend. And uh, I will be jonesing on Sunday, but I think I'll figure something out to do. Maybe I'll terrorize some kids at a water park or something along that line. And I'll be back here next Tuesday night ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean, with all the things going on now, and you know, the, when you have like an extreme rules of pay per view and uh, everything happened on Monday Night Raw, we've we've been a bit TNA light uh, coming up this Thursday night. Where does AJ Styles go? Is he going to be patched in? Uh, you know, about thirty seconds left, Dave. Like quickly, do, do you think he gets patched in, or is going to be some sort of swerve? No, I think there's going to be a swerve. I, I don't. I don't think we're going to see a patch in. I think he's going to kind of stand on his own two feet, and he's not with TNA, but he's not against them either kind of thing. He just kind of does his own thing. I wouldn't be surprised if he has his own band of misfits himself and they have a little group. I, I would agree with you. I'm not, I, I don't think they're going to ta- uh, patch, but it would be neat if they actually did and just shocked us all, and he actually, at least for now, is a member of Ace and H. Who knows? We'll talk about that next week. For Dave, I'm Ken. Happy Memorial Day. Thank you, and good night.